0: Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message.
1: to share from a scripture that's taken in Matthew chapter 19 in verses 13 to 15. We're going to put it up on the screen as well. And uh, let's read it together. It says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded them. They scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you open up our hearts this morning to receive your word. Lord, what an incredible opportunity that we as parents and as a church family have to to be a blessing to to children, to, to these children that were dedicated, but also to all of our children and all of our families. I pray that your spirit will just open our hearts to receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We can learn much from the way that Jesus treated children. Jesus showed us, each one of us, by his teaching that children symbolize unique qualities such as humility, love, innocence, etc., etc., that I believe that we, each and every one of us as adults, should aspire to as well. Jesus and the disciples often found themselves surrounded by large amounts of people, crowds that would Uh, crowd him and the disciples. And so the Bible tells us this on this particular day when children flocked to Jesus, a number of them flocked to him and probably moms and dads and grandparents and uncles and aunts, who knows, they all crowded Jesus and they brought their children to him to have Jesus bless them. Now there are two somewhat puzzling questions From the scripture that we have read, puzzling in a way. Now we'll explain and we'll go through these questions together. But the first question is, why did the disciples try to keep the children away from Jesus? Why did they do that? It would seem as if they would want children to come to the master to be blessed, but they try to hinder them. And then second, what did Jesus mean when he said, let The little children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. What does that mean? Now, let me answer the first question quickly. I think it's safe to say that in our culture, in our North American culture, we look at children in very high regard, I mean they're special they're very especially our own, I think we kind of look at them and we say and, and we see them so sweet and innocent and and just simply it's just so special now I know some of you guys are thinking, you don't know my kid I'm not going there, not going there, but you know um. Uh, I think for both parents and grandparents, all of our children and grandchildren probably can do absolutely no wrong. I mean, our children are heavenly, beautiful creatures. They came down from heaven, and we're just so all glad for them. Amen? Parents? All right, all right, yeah. Now, in Jesus' culture, in Jewish culture 2,000 years ago, they probably did not see children the way that we see children today. Let me explain that. They were not so endearing and optimistic in their view of children. In Jewish communities, it was tradition for fathers to bestow a blessing on their sons. In fact, parents, even today, When we went to Israel in the month of March, we actually physically saw it ourselves as the father sings the prayer of Shabbat over the children and over their, their spouse. And they all together sing and they bless the children with the blessings of Jacob and the blessings that are in the scriptures. Now, the disciples are not often pictured in the Bible as opposing people from coming to Jesus. But in this particular instance, the scripture records that they rebuked the parents. They rebuked people for bringing these children to Jesus. Why is that the case? Maybe they felt that it was socially improper to bother Jesus at that point. Perhaps they felt that uh, their attempt to hinder the parents for bringing the children to Jesus was not necessarily motivated by unkindness toward the children, but more of a way to protect Jesus, to kind of like not crowd the master. Now, it may be that uh, uh, there was other reasons that we are not aware of, but whatever the reason may have been, Jesus quickly and promptly overruled their comments and instead told them, let the children come. Let them come to me. And he then drew a conclusion from the verses that we have read and we're going to read again, that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who have a childlike attitude. Now, what did Jesus mean when he said, let the little children come to me? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When I look at that scripture, I think the first thing that strikes me immediately is the tenderness that Jesus had toward children. Is loving tenderness towards these children. Jesus was not saying, and is not saying, that the kingdom of heaven actually belongs only to children. Instead, he's reminding us. That we, each and every one of us, as disciples of Jesus, we need to also become childlike. Now his teachings in chapter 19 of Matthews actually echo what he said a chapter before, just a few, uh, perhaps hours before. In Matthew 18, 3 and 4, it said that he told them, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sin and become like little children. There he goes again you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's incredible when you think about it. Jesus, master, knowing the scripture, a rabbi is equating the greatest in the kingdom to a child, to a child. So why is that? Because Jesus' words are actually pretty stern when you consider this this particular verse that I have read, where he's telling people that if you don't repent, if you don't change, unless you turn from your evil ways and become like a child, you're not going to get into heaven. Ouch. So what does that mean? Well, there's a number of key truths that I want to share with you today. First of all, is this, children are part of God's creative and God's redemptive plan. And that's important for us to understand it and realize it. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, the scripture says, God blessed them, that's Adam and Eve, Bless them. And then he said to them, be fruitful and increase in numbers and fill the earth and subdue it. Very clear and interesting commands that God gave them. Now, the multiplication process in, very, in the very beginning in Genesis shows us that God had the idea of procreation and the idea of children in mind from the very beginning of the world. Children were very important to him. If not, he would not have said, go ahead and fill the earth. I think the last time I checked, children come in and that's how we refill fill the earth and we replenish the earth, right? Children are a key piece in God's creative and redemptive plan. And we as a church keep that as a high priority in our lives and we desire the same. Let me explain that a little bit more. We see children... And not just children, but also teens and young adults, young lives as stepping into their call to be used of God to bring about God's redemptive plan into the earth today. It's not just something that belongs to us. If God is going to move on the earth today, it is going to be through children, teens, and young adults first and foremost. I believe that with all my heart. That is why we place such emphasis on getting the gospel into our children's lives. That's why we take priority over our children, and we want them to be blessed, and we want them to be honored, and we want them to receive from God. That's why, parents, we encourage you, bring your children, let us teach them, and partner with you in the ways of the Lord so that they can grow in the things of God. We see that as incredibly important. Now, in Genesis 128 that we've read, it also says to fill the earth and subdue it. And I'm going to talk about spiritual children in a moment as well, because all of us are spiritual children. When God created Adam and Eve, he gave them authority to rule over all creation. There's a way in which God really assigned us, each and every one of us, as caretakers of this planet, of the earth, to steward the resources that God has given us, both physical and our own children, right? They're physical as well. And we, I think that when we look at the way that we have managed the earth and, and stewarded our planet, we haven't really done a very good job. But there is another truth here. There's a truth in which we know that when sin entered the world, because at that point, when sin entered, creation became sin sick. Creation went under the curse of sin, as we read. And so as children of God, we are called to share the reality of who God is to those who don't know yet that he is a father, as we have gotten to know him. And, and, and to let them know that there's something greater. As children of God, we are called to share the reality of who God is into this world. And to basically bring about another type of creation. The Bible calls it the new creation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 17, it says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All of us who have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are the new creation, right? Are you with me? Now, 2 Corinthians tells us that we're a new creation when we embrace the creation of Jesus in our lives. And that means that if we, as children of God, We ought to share the message of the new creation of 2 Corinthians 5.17 so that we also become involved as part of creation. Are you with me? Have I confused you yet? All right. No, you're, you're all nodding. Okay. All right. All right. Because then we are actually stewarding what God has given us to bring about creation, because we have the nature of God, we speak to those who need Jesus in their lives. We are involved in the creation of spiritual lives. And when people accept Jesus, you know, something happens in our lives. Our transformation, the power of God that comes inside of us, transforms the world around us. And as a result, the earth becomes a better place that is why we are called and involved in the process and the plan of creation and and the and the, and the redemptive plan of God because in such a way we are manifesting what God really wanted us to do listen to this verse Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 says for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Do we understand that? That each and every one of us, we have an incredible responsibility and yet an honor to share the good news with people so that we will see more creation, new creation come to birth in Jesus' name. It's called the new birth. And so what an awesome privilege that we have as children and spiritual children every one of us that calls himself a child of God can be involved in God's redemptive plan. <clears throat> the second thing that I see Jesus saying here is that children are a gift of God. Children are a gift of God. In Psalm 127, sorry in verse 3, it says children are a gift from the Lord they are a reward from him now god gives us the grace that we need to raise our children i think all of us would you know say a resounding amen to that for parents right we need grace we can't do this by ourselves and i think that if we follow the instruction book And the directions that God gives us, we will be able to participate and partake in raising a generation of young men and women who are going to become world changers and kingdom champions for the glory of God. Now, I know that, as I was saying before, you might say, well, you don't know my my son, my daughter. There's just a, a handful. It's okay. You just have to... You know, it's kind of like the Ikea furniture, you know. you got to follow the instruction really well because that piece of furniture will fall apart in three days, I promise you, if you don't put every screw and every, you know, every one of those little pieces in those instructions together. And the same thing is for our children. God has left us an instruction manual that gives us everything that we need That means that it is not just the responsibility of a Sunday school, and we're going to get into that a little bit more, or your children going to kids' church and all that. It's your responsibility too. Children are a gift from the Lord. Now, parents, we are called to steward this gift. We are called to take care of this gift, and as you do, I believe and you will see it. And I know many of you are there right now. You're feeling and you're sensing satisfaction and joys. Your children are growing up and they're experiencing and expressing the presence of God and the blessings of the Lord. Many of you I know have children that are just such a blessing. And it's wonderful. But as parents, there is something very, very powerful in seeing our children committed to Jesus and so remember that as God has given you their gift steward it well do your part and and we're going to look at some other stuff but do your part in taking care of what God has given you let me move on children are to be blessed in Mark chapter 10 and verse 16 it says then he Took the little children, the children in his arms, and he placed his hands on their heads, and blessed them. In Jewish tradition, before every Shabbat meal, as I was saying, before fathers sing over their children. Man, wasn't that was such a beautiful experience for those of you who were in Israel with us as we went as a group? What an experience! to see this man sing over his children, blessing his children with the blessings of Scripture. And they do that every single Friday, just before Shabbat, every single time. Now, moms and dads, I want to tell you this. Don't be too bashful about praying for your kids singing with your kids, dance around to worship music with your kids. Let them see that it is actually fun and a joy and a blessing to come to church and to worship God and to serve God. Don't be like, like oh man, like we got to do this? It's just, like so difficult. It's just so hard to be like a Christian parent. We got to like, sing, you know, this is the day that the Lord has made in 55 different versions for our children don't take that as a serious assignment that god has given you you are stewarding this young life these young lives for his glory and honor lay your hands on them pray over them Pray for them. I mean, you know, we don't have any young children anymore. But every chance that I get to lay hands on my grandson or my granddaughters, I do it. And I pray over them. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will fill their lives. And the manifestation of who God is will just come through in them. This is what we have as a privilege. It's a privilege. It's an honor for us to pray and believe that God will use those children mightily for his glory, that they will be committed to God and be a blessing to others, that they won't go to to high school and and fall apart under the pressures or go into college and be convinced by some ideology that is totally void of God. Let's just pray and believe that God is going to bless and empower our children to be world champions for his glory And for his honor. Amen. Children. Are humble. And they're innocent. In Matthew 18. In verse 3 it says. And he said to them. I tell you the truth. Unless you change. Pay attention to that word. Unless you change. And become like little children. You will never enter. The kingdom of heaven. That to me. Is one of the greatest Lessons that we will ever learn that is to accept that God is calling us to change. God was telling big people, like the majority of us, to change. Change. Change and allow God to transform us. Change it is never one of those things that is easy to embrace. We're creatures of habit. We love to get settled and in our own habits, right? Uh, this is the way that I do my thing, you know, and just, you know, don't, don't get on me. You know, let me be who I am. But you know what? The gospel is all about change and transformation, And unless we embrace change and transformation the way Jesus is actually asking us, it's going to be tough. We're going to be living our lives just constantly butting heads with God. Because the way that we are transformed to be more like Him is when we accept change and we allow change to take place. Change requires humility, it requires innocence. And that's why Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you got to change and be childlike. You will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Children are humble. They are innocent. But children, when instructed, I'll just say caveat for the most part, when instructed, as God instructs us, right in his word they are pretty innocent and mild and cooperative i mean it doesn't hurt to say unless you do this you're not gonna get you know your nintendo or your genesis or your dolls or whatever no tv for you you know i'm i'm showing my age (laughs) mario kart (laughs) right (laughs) Atari, wow, that's like going way back, way back. But I remember Atari, David. I, that was probably the first one I ever played. <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, God wants us changed and transformed. And so he does it with our participation. He doesn't force us. He's a gentleman. He will not. Kick us, it won't take things away from us, but he is inviting us into this process of transformation to be changed to become more like him. One more thing I want to show you. Children are pure and simple. In Psalm 131, in Psalm 131, verse 2, it says, listen to this beautiful verse. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. It's a weaned child, like a weaned child, sorry, I am content. I read this scripture, I thought, wow, this is so incredible. I you know what I see in this? I see the pure and simple satisfaction of a child toward God. Children are pure, they're simple. And so, is it really a shock to any of us that the devil is trying to get that fraction of our culture more than any other culture? The devil wants our children. In case you haven't realized it. The devil wants your children and my children. Think of it, the the lies and the things that are being spread in society today. Gender confusion. Removing God from prayer. Identity that is completely outside of the scope of what God intended for every one of us. Removing God from the classrooms. And quite frankly, some parents have removed God from their families. Completely. Because God, well, you know, is not as significant as he used to be. It's an agenda void of God and biblical truth. And that is what is being pushed on our children today. The devil wants our children. And we have got to learn to fight back. I saw this picture that I wanted to bring it, then I thought, well, maybe it'll scare some kids if there's anyone in the auditorium as I'm sharing that. But it's like the picture of this massive demon, horns and claws and this ugly looking, holding the hand of a pure, innocent child. The child doesn't know, he's just going along. And that's what's happening in our world today. A lot of children don't know better and are being infiltrated with a mindset that is so ungodly and void of anything that is biblical in an effort to take the children away from parents and from biblical realities. But we have got to learn to fight back. By blessing children, that's how we do it. And parents, you have the biggest responsibility before God. We bless our children. We teach them that God is their protector. And God, even through these scriptures, is showing us that he is the protector of the ones that are the weakest in our society. Children. He's standing up for them. He's saying, let them come to me. Oh, don't, don't, don't bother the master. No, 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 Let them come to me. Oh, well, we can't bother Jesus with children. They're noisy. You know, sometimes the kids are noisy in the back of the auditorium when we're worshiping. I mean, like, you know, send them away. No, let them be in the presence of God. Parents, I said that last week or a couple of weeks ago, teach them, show them, sit them next to you, let them sing with you, show them the beauty of being in the presence of the Lord. We don't mind a little noise. That's why we're called a church family and not a church organization. Oh yeah, you can go ahead. That's who God wants us to be. The moment that we switch from being a family to an organization, we're going to be controlled by the business minds. Oh, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to make sure that you got all that organized and take this and put it there and fit it all in their proper space and place. And That's not who God has called this church, Mission Community Church, to be. And that's not what we as your leaders desire to see. We want to see children running around. That's totally fine. Let them learn to praise God just as we do. I'm glad at least Debbie agrees with me. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to see children be touched and experience the presence of God. You know, one of the greatest desires that we want to see, Lois and I talk about this, from time to time is that when we have altar calls, we like to see children come and pray for the adults. Because you know what? They don't question. They don't wonder, well, is God going to touch them? I wonder, is God gonna heal them? I wonder, is God gonna do something? No. They just, hey, in Jesus' name we pray, boom. And sometimes, I mean, we've seen it where God has like worked incredible things. I, I I think of a testimony of one of our family here that at uh, some years ago, they were at Costco, and the children just told them, "Hey, Dad, go pray for that man that's walking with a with a walker." Right? You teach him; they're going to tell you to do it. Well, guess what? He did, and the man walked out of the Costco with the walker in his hands. God will honor our faith as we engage and we partner with him to see the kingdom of God manifested through our children. What a blessing. What a blessing. We have the responsibility as parents to impart biblical truths to our children early on we can set them friends on a path to discover their true god-given identity that's our responsibility start them young and keep them going because the devil will be relentless and is relentless start them young that's why bring him bring him into the presence of god bring him into the house of the lord for the rest of us as adults we must learn to inherit the same qualities that these children have of purity, of simplicity. That means, among other things, that we stop questioning God's word. That we stop arguing whether what it said 2,000 years ago disagrees with another scripture. We try try to, to explain things out as if God does not want to work on our behalf, but he does, he does. We must allow God's work in our lives and embrace the work of faith and purity and simplicity that God wants to do in and through us. Let me give you one more and we'll close with this. Children have trust and faith in God. They trust and they have faith in God. Like children who trust their parents, we must trust God. Faith is not about doing everything the right way, friends. It's not. Faith is about trusting God that no matter what happens, no matter the circumstances, regardless of what we may be going through, our Heavenly Father watches over us and He takes care of us. We trust Him when life's circumstances are hard, and when sometimes life makes absolutely no sense. As children, as his children, we lean back into the arms of a heavenly father who has our best interest at heart for each and every one of us. Look at John chapter 6 and verse 37. It says, all those that the father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never, I will never drive away. I don't know if you were part of a a bringing, brought you into a place where you were taught that if you were bad, that God was going to punish you. That if you sinned, that God was going to shut the door on his blessings over your life. I don't know if that's the case, but I want you to know that that is not my God. That is not my God. His promise is that he will never leave us nor forsake us, and that as we commit ourselves to him in trust and faith, he will always, always come to our rescue and come to our help, regardless of the situations that we may be facing, regardless of the things that we're going through in our, in our own individual worlds and families. God promises to be there. Let me close by saying this. Heaven belongs to those who develop the heart of a child. I'm gonna say that again. Heaven belongs to those who develop the heart of a child and as children believe that God's word is true. Now, today, and as long as we're alive, Childlikeness is a godly quality the all that each and every one of us needs to strive to develop not only in our own lives but continue to develop that in our children's lives as adults jesus teaching as a unique aim and that we as grown-ups as adults that we need to focus our attention on childlike qualities in order to become more conformed to the image of God. We have got to focus more on that than we are on theology, than we are on doctrine, than we are on the latest and greatest book, read the scripture and be like Jesus. If we can do that, that's half the battle won and maybe three quarters of the battle we don't try to complicate the gospel we embrace it just as it is a childlike strategy means that we become more like a child if we desire to become more like jesus do you see the equation you want to be like jesus become more like a child if we desire to go deeper in the ways of god to experience more of god we need to learn to be trusting and trust god's word and embrace him With childlike abandon and surrender that means we let go let me ask you this question today as we close where are you at in your life today when you look at your life can you ask yourself the question right now in all honesty and sincerity before the lord are you childlike ask yourself right now am i childlike or are you a jaded and disconnected adult? Look, I'm, I'm not saying that as a judgment or to condemn anybody. But sometimes we're either one or the other. And we have the option to be childlike and receive from God. Or we just sit back and we're like, Can you imagine if I were like this now for the next 10 minutes? What would you do? But that's what we do. Spiritually, we kind of sit back and we're like, come on. Give me what I need, preacher. It's 1130. The roast is in the oven. Come on, God, hurry up. Bless me because I got to go. And God desires child-likeness, simplicity, purity, faith, and trust so that we can receive from His hand. I don't know of anything that's more beautiful in my own experience to just surrender to God and let Him bless my life the times that have been the easiest for me were the times when i went to god in surrender the hardest times is when i tried i thought that i was going to test god all right god let's see if you can do this all right god let's try this now let's go let's see are you going to be the god that i heard about the god that somebody else experienced are you going to do this for me let's see we think that we can actually put god to the test as if god can be tested he wrote the book he knows everything about it and so we have a choice we can become childlike or we can stay in our own jaded and disconnected condition what do you want to do today what is it that you desire for your life do you want to be childlike humble innocent pure simple trust full of God if there is something that I see here is that God desires that more than anything else and he made it very clear through these scriptures that a childlike attitude and childlikeness is the very purpose that God wants to fulfill in us I know a number of teachers, and some of you that are teachers, and I know lessons that you have related to me, that you have learned in your classrooms from children. Because they have an ability that is just like so unassuming and so simple, right, Cam? You can learn incredible things from children, from their simplicity. And imagine if we would approach God with that same simplicity, with no airs, with no facade. Have you ever seen a child try to hide if, if they stole a candy and they got chocolate dripping out of their mouth? It doesn't happen. They admit it. I was hungry, Dad. I needed that chocolate. Imagine if we would approach God with that same attitude, not holding anything from God.
0: Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.